0: I'm Jack Draper. Shout out to QualityShotTown. Hey guys, and welcome back to the channel. If you're wondering why I've got a massive smile on my face, it's because this is the matchup that we've been looking to get on the clay. It's Igor Sviantek versus Alina Rabakina for the quarterfinals of the Rome Masters tournament. And Rabakina has won the last two matches between these two. Not on clay, of course. And Igor Sviantek... Has won 14 consecutive matches at Rome or in Rome, 24 sets in a row, and she hasn't dropped a set since a third-round loss to Krachikova in 2021. She's also managed to double bagel Pavlochenkova and beat Serenko 6-2 6- love. Yes, against Vekic she only won 6-3 6-4, but she is, I mean, Rome is arguably her best tournament. Uh, in all of the tournaments on tour and she's playing against the player who arguably has or seems to have the worst style for her so her biggest challenge in player on her on her best surface surely she'd win right well we're going to have to talk about it because from a mental and physical standpoint is where this match could be won or lost. And before we get into it, remember that like button, do subscribe if you are new and also do leave a rating or a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Okay, we've got to get into this. So This is how we're going to do it. First, of all, I'm going to talk about the, more uh, the mental side of it very briefly. Then we're going to talk about Uh, how they've looked throughout the week, then the head-to-head as well, and then ultimately talk about strategically and more tactically and technically, like how the match might play out. Ultimately, I'll give you guys my prediction. So for Iga Sviantec, she has massive confidence in Rome. As I said, it's it's like a second home to her. Her results are phenomenal um, in Italy. For a back and a bit different, you know, she's already come out and said she doesn't particularly like the clay. She knows that her game is not really suited to the surface um, as much as it is to other surfaces. Um, This is a slow clay court tournament. You might have expected to do better in Madrid, where it's in altitude it's quicker surface with her surf, for example, and big ground strokes. She might've had more success there. Didn't happen for her, but she's in the quarterfinals here on a very, very slow clay court tournament Uh, Where, you know, arguably you could say her weapons are dulled the most. Uh, For Sviontek, her weapons are actually amplified more in a way. uh, Mainly because she hits with a huge amount of topspin uh, on her forehand especially. Her defensive capabilities are fantastic. And her precision in her hitting is very good. um, With a lot of margin and a lot of topspin. And she's just so good defensively as well, and her returning is phenomenal, generally speaking, and that's that's exemplified even more on a slow clay court. And serve wise, she's able to back it up well enough with her forehand, especially and even the backhand, uh, that she's able to outmaneuver people on this surface. For a Rebecca, there's you know the mental. There's <laughs> a bit of a, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a massive negative. It's more the fact that for Rebecca, you know, she knows she's not going to win as many free points on serve. She's got a massive serve, and on quicker surfaces, she's seen a lot of aces, a lot of unreturnables. People have more of a chance against her on the surface, and that is arguably her biggest, biggest weapon. Uh, from the back of the court as well, she was able to kind of out-hit Shriontech in previous matches. That's not going to be as... You know, it's not going to be as possible on this surface as it would be on other surfaces. So, that's a few things to touch upon on the mental side. Let's talk about the matchups uh, between, um, well, for Sviontek and Rabakina you know, throughout the week so far. And then we'll talk about their prior meetings and then get into how the match might play out. So, Sviontek beat Pavlochenkova, double bagel there. I mean, 2021 Roland Garros finalist. Pavlochenkova, yes, she's been injured. So, uh, you know, it's not really the Pavlochenkova who made that final but she's still a solid player so to beat her and double bagel is incredible and then another bagel um, as well against Sarenko beating her in straight sets and Vekic uh, that's a pretty hard 4-1 6 6-4 at least by Svantec standards and one in straight sets uh, for Rabakna she beat Paolini in straight sets uh, Kalinskaya Uh, She had to retire after Rabakinor was 4-3 up, which is a bit of a shame. And then beat Vondrasova, who's a good clay quarter as well. And uh, she beat her in pretty good fashion, uh, 6-3, 6-3. So uh, relatively tight, but got through comfortably in the end. Okay. Now, this is where it gets interesting because we're going to start talking about the match-up between the two or match-ups between the two. The head-to-head is 2-1 in favour of Rabakina. Uh, this is exhibition here, this World Tennis League uh, win for Rabakana in December, doesn't count. Uh so and Rabakina. Well the first match was in Ostrava on the on the hard courts in 2021 in September. Sviantek won in straight sets. But since then they played each other twice and twice this year. Once at the Australian Open, Rabakina beat Sviantek 6-4-6-4 and also played each other in Indian Wells. And Rabakina beat her 6-2-6-2. 6-2, so be her even better on arguably a surface which you'd think Sviantic would have more success because the Australian Open, the courts are a lot quicker. They're very quick, in fact. And you think Rabakana, if she was going to smash Sviantic, would be on that surface but no two tight set, 6-4, 6-4. Indian Wells is a slower hard court where you'd actually expect Sviantic to have more success and Rabakina, uh you know, and then the Rabakana wouldn't be as potent on that surface because it's a slower hard court. She she actually won even more convincingly. So then the question is, well, okay, Rebecca has beaten her on slower hard courts if by a better margin. So why can't she then beat her on a hard, on a clay court or even which is slower than a slow hard court? But if she's managed to beat her on a slower surface, why can't you beat her on the slower surface or one of the slower surfaces out on clay in Rome against Viontek? Well, we did talk a little bit about how both players, their tools you know, might be on show on the clay courts and what it might mean going into the match. But what we haven't discussed is movement. And movement is really key in this matchup uh, because Schuontek moves arguably the best out of all the players on tour on clay. Rebakina is not a natural slider on the clay. I wouldn't say she's terrible, but she's not the best. She's not up there with the best movers on clay. She's not. That makes a big, big difference. It does. It really, really does. Um, and Shiontek has a big advantage when it comes to movement. When it comes to how the two stars match up, Rabakana has the weapons. If we completely take out surface and conditions, her game is a massive problem for Sviantek because in the past, there were big question marks around whether big hitters were her kryptonite. And the answer at that time was, yeah, like, she struggles massively against them. She got to a stage where those rumours or those concerns were dimmed because she started beating those players, for example, Sabalenka. But it's come back. Now, the reason why it's come back is because Sabalenka and Rabakina, they are big hitters, but they've added consistency to their game as well. And they've risen their level. That style is always going to be somewhat difficult for Svionczak but she's going to beat the majority of those players. The players with that style that are going to have success against her are the players that are at the top of the game, the elite, the Rabacaners, the Sabalenkis at the moment. Uh, In the past, it would have been, for example, Serena. She will struggle against other styles as well, but I do think this is a very... It's an obvious style that she struggles with um, because they're players that can hear off the court And she's used to being able to almost bully players from the back of the court with her forehand, uh, being the weapon it is. And also, they're able to almost nullify her returning prowess um, with big serving in their spots. And her serve, you know, is her serve is pretty good. Uh, You know, I think especially on the clay as well, she has a very good kick serve, and her first serve is definitely improved. I wouldn't say though it's a top five serve, and she is still prone to getting broken at times, and I feel like against other players, she's able to break back straight away, um, or you know, even already be in a lead that if she gives up one break of service on a massive issue. But against Rabakan or Sabalenka, for example, uh, as I'm using those examples because they're the most recent ones, they are holding serve pretty comfortably for the most part. If Fiorenta gets broken, she's in trouble. And that's why she struggled against these guys, in my opinion. One, because of Serb, but also from the back of the court, they're able to hit with her from the back of the court and even actually overpower her from the back of the court. One thing that Rebecca did really well, and this could be a concern for Fiorenta in this matchup, is in that Indian Wells match, she didn't take the ball early. Now, what that means is generally speaking, on quicker surfaces, if you take the ball early, it rushes your opponent and it gives you an advantage. But what Rebecca did is she said, Well, that's not going to suit my game because my movement, I'm not incredibly athletically inclined, uh, like a Shafiantak, for example. Rather than taking the ball, trying to take the ball early and potentially not hitting with as much quality, I'm going to take the ball a little bit later, give myself time to get into the right positions, make sure I'm set properly in my ground strokes and then hit with intent, with power, with depth and direction. And yes, Viontek defensively would have been able to reset um, on the from the baseline. And it means she's got more time to recover, but Rebakina backed herself to make up that disadvantage of having Svantec being able to reset defensively by closing or actually even well giving she basically made sure that that wasn't a disadvantage to her because that was an advantage for Svantec in terms of being able to reset but for Rebecca it was more of an advantage to actually have more time and then hit with more quality from the back of the court and she did do that and it was to her advantage in the end she ended up winning that match so if she does that on the clay, which you know you tend to do because of how high bouncing and conducive the surface is, you don't maybe take it as early as you would on other surfaces, and it's a lot slower. You have to wait for it. Then actually, Rabakina's tactic that she used in Indian Wells would actually work well in this match. Similarly, her serve; she's got pretty good kick serve as well that will work quite well against Svantec the big issue is going to be the movement and how well does she move because if Sviontek is able to get onto the front foot and dictate what Rabacca did really well in Indian Wells and at the Australian Open was defending actually pretty damn well being able to almost get out of defensive positions pretty much straight away and get back to neutral or even on the attack or front foot on the clay, it's not going to be as easy to do. Sviantek will be able to dictate proceedings for longer periods and points than Rabakina would probably like. So there's a lot of factors involved in this matchup and I think it's really, really intriguing. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for Sviontek. And I also am not sure if Rebecca is going to be able to replicate the wins at Indian Wells or Australian Open. I think it's going to go to three sets. And I think it could go either way. Uh, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, Rabakina is Shviontek's kryptonite, and you know she's the one that's going to be able to be on the clay. And they could be right. The matchup is definitely not kind to Shviontech, uh because of the styles. The styles just don't match up nicely for her. But this is her favorite surface at arguably her best tournament, and I think that then, you know, does make a difference. So I think. I'm going to go with Svjantek in three sets. I think what might happen is Rabakana might take the first set and Shiontek, we haven't really seen her in, in a position where she's lost the first set, but I think Rabakana might take the first set. And there might be a bit of mental scarring as well, scar tissue that Svjantek has from playing Rabakina twice in the last few months and losing. and That might play on her mind a little bit, but then The second and third says, I think she's going to find her group potentially and really kind of understand that, look, this is my, this is my court. These are my conditions. Like, this is basically my kingdom. I should be winning here um, and take over. So let's see. I mean, Rebecca is. you know, I, I wasn't really expecting much from her on the clay when she lost early in the last couple of tournaments, but she's done well in this one so far. She hasn't faced, like, real quality opposition, I'd say. So, it'll be interesting to see how she gets on. But I'm going to go gonna take in three sets. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section below. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Remember to hit that like button. Do subscribe if you're new. We'll see you on the next video.